Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, July 6th, and it's time for another episode of After Hours with Kevin and Lauren. We've got uh, we've got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to jump right into it. We will also take your phone calls. We can talk about anything health on the show. So if you have a question, a comment, a topic, anything at all to do with health, jump in right now and dial us up. We'll get to your calls here in just a little bit. 855-950-3835. Welcome back, Lauren. Thank you, Kevin. It's great to be here and back in the home office. So tell us about vacation. It looked like it was wonderful. It was. It was. Unfortunately, the weather was not what it needed to be to do some of the fishing and the diving that we love to do so much. So really putting food on the table. Yeah. <laughs> but we did have a yeah. few good days, but you know, you can only do what you can. You can't you have to go with it. Weather is weather. As you, as you know, well, with your garden this year. So. Oh boy. It was good though. Yeah. The, How the, is your garden? It, it, you know, I think it's almost time for me. I, I think I've decided I'm going to do a garden show once a month. Um, probably next week, yeah. next Wednesday, I'll probably do another garden tour and, I think if you compare the last one with this one, it's going to be like a month. You're going to be shocked. The garden is so different now than it was just three weeks ago. Things are finally growing. Now today, uh, we've had seven or eight days of almost pure sunshine, which is normal, you know, summer weather for us. But today and yesterday, overcast again. Now, this is unusual. We almost never get days like this when summer starts, but it's warm, it's humid, and it's overcast. So good for the roots. Plants probably won't grow a lot, but uh, I think we've only got a day or two of this, and then we're going back to sunshine. So um, things finally took off. You know, one of the things that I think happens when you've got not ideal conditions. It was cooler. It was wet. It wasn't a lot of sunshine. What I've noticed, because I started pulling up some of my plants just to check some things, they, the plants do grow roots during that time. They don't like, they almost look like they're dormant. I mean, we, we were getting so little sunshine that it just looked, they weren't growing. And you think it's just dormant. It's not doing anything. But I think what happens is I think they grow roots during that time. Because I, I will go around and I'll pull up some plants just to see how the roots are doing. And roots were growing like crazy. I've got these beautiful, healthy root systems. So then once the sun and the warmer temperature showed up, you've got that nice, strong root system. The plant growth just explodes. So it, that's what's happened over the last couple of weeks. Everything just started growing. Um, I'll probably be harvesting cabbage here in a week or two. Uh, probably peas in two weeks. I've already got some cucumbers. Uh, I actually have some cherry tomatoes starting to ripen. Uh, what else do I have going on? A lot of stuff's really looking good. Things are so, looking up. Yeah, really looking yeah. up. But very, very late start to the season. So I'm hoping we don't get an early fall. I mean, I, I'm going to need that time. I'm, I'm putting some things in the ground right now, seed that takes 110 days to mature. You start thinking about that. We're getting into October 
if I'm not careful with some of these things. So just have to hope our, our fall stays pretty sunny. So some of those, uh, some of those vegetables that take longer to mature, we'll have enough time for those. But right now, everything's looking pretty good in the garden. And I've got almost everything in the ground. Maybe I do have everything in the ground. Um, now I'll keep adding. I do what's called uh, succession planning. So as I start to harvest things like beets and carrots, when I pull up a row and harvest those, I'll just plant another row right then. Because you can plant those all summer long. They'll just keep producing. And then your last crop of those that you put in the ground this year, I'm going to clear out a big area and probably thinking like maybe the last week in August or the first week in September, I'll plant a bunch of root crops. So carrots, beets, turnips, uh, maybe some rutabagas and some parsnips. And the plan for those will just be I'll leave them in the ground all winter. They'll, I, I want them to almost mature before it starts really getting cold again and we get a frost. And then I should, in our climate, be able to leave them in the ground all winter. And I can just go out there all winter long and pull up fresh root vegetables. Wow. Sounds like you have the everything kind of cycled properly. You uh, have your summer veggies and then you'll have your root veggies. So you can pretty much eat from the garden year round, would you say? That's my goal. I'm not there yet. I'm getting closer and closer all the time. Mm-hmm. I think last year I managed to eat something out of the garden nine months out of the 12. This year I'm shooting to, to, for all 12. And I, I think I'm also going to try to grow some greens um, with row covers. So you, you build like little row covers. You make almost like mini greenhouses along the row. You put up hoops, put some fabric over it. Um, and we have a mild enough winter. I might be able to grow greens all winter long. I don't eat a lot of greens, but I want to see if I can grow them. Um, see if I can harvest. 12 months out of the year is going to be my goal. That's a pretty good goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see if I get that. Now, obviously, you know, there are limitations. I'm not going to be eating tomatoes off the vine in December. There are some crops that are just not going to grow in those conditions. So you go with the ones that do the root vegetables that you can leave in there all winter. Some of the greens that can handle some cold and some frost. And But uh, I, I want to be able to eat something out of the garden every month of the year. See if we can make that happen. I love it. All right. So um, I had my first call today was uh, about your topic, by the way. First call today wanted to know what I thought about um, like supplements for, you know, exercise and weightlifting, like protein powders and energy drinks. And that happens to be our topic today. Wow. How apropos. I know. Sounds great. I missed your first call. So what was, uh, what did you tell them? Uh, basically probably the same thing you're going to tell us that, um, our diet, we believe as, as human beings, our diet should be heavy, heavy in animal products. Um, when I was on the road, I said I was carnivore ish and I was reporting on some of the results from that. And now that I'm home, I am probably closer to carnivore than carnivore-ish now. 
I, I'm kind of shocked. It wasn't really planned. Um, just kind of happened. I started realizing uh, here I am growing a gazillion vegetables out my garden and I'm eating almost all animal products. But, <laughs> you know, the results are pretty darn good. I mean, I, I'm feeling really good eating this way. And if we're talking about working out, exercising, getting stronger, we're really talking about a need for protein. That's what rebuilds and builds muscle tissue and makes us stronger. It, it's primarily the job of protein to do those things. But I think you and I are both in agreement on this. Nobody needs to supplement protein. Not if you're eating the right diet. If you're eating a fairly heavy animal-based keto diet or clearly anything that resembles carnivore, you're getting plenty of protein. So I am not a fan of protein powders, protein shakes, protein supplements at all. Um, not only is it not necessary and not helping you, there are probably some downsides you'll probably share with us on a lot of these products. Then we went on to the energy drinks and I'm against these two. Uh, one of the things I tried to explain to people, caffeine is a very bitter compound. When you put high amounts of caffeine into one of these drinks, you've got to offset that with something very, very sweet or nobody would drink it. So they're either loaded with sugar or they're loaded with the worst sugar substitutes ever, like sucralose and aspartame and just the, the garbage. So stay as far away from these energy drinks as you possibly can. Nobody should be drinking these things. If you just feel like you don't have any energy when you're going to work out, then we need to look at your metabolism and your diet. You should have energy. If you don't, let's look at metabolism and diet and a little bit of caffeine, a cup of coffee or a cup of tea before you work out an hour or so before. That's not a big deal. I mean, I do that. It's pretty common. If I'm not feeling, you know, like I really want to go tear things up, then I might have a cup of coffee before I go work out. A little bit of caffeine isn't a problem. Stay away from those damn caffeine drinks. At least that's my take on this. What do you think? I definitely agree with you on most of it, at least. Um, about the caffeine drinks, absolutely 100% behind you. In terms of supplementing with protein, I find that there are very few people who need to supplement protein. I really do. Um, and one of the groups of people are athletes because it depending, it depends on how hard they're training, but it can be difficult for some athletes to get the, you know, the, the proper amount of protein in their diet. Um, if they're just eating, you know, protein in its natural form. Um, but for the most part, I mean, I'm talking about very few people, <laughs> very few athletes. Um, but some other people would be like the elderly um, who have muscle wasting or if you're chronically ill, sometimes it's hard to keep, you know, um, the muscle on. And so, you know, if you're ill, sometimes you so, can't eat properly. So uh, yeah, could be so, helpful. Yeah, yeah, I get that. There would be cases. It's usually because something's gone wrong in the diet and we can't eat enough you know, natural protein. Um, 
But even if we go back to the aging and muscle wasting, my question would always be, if we have somebody who really is suffering from muscle wasting, um, Mm -hmm. my guess would be they're not eating a really clean diet. There's probably some dietary issues still going on there. But the other question I would ask them, what are you doing to make sure you maintain muscle? That's a good point as well. You're absolutely right. You could eat all the protein you want. But if you're a couch potato, you're going to lose muscle. I mean, it's kind of like this is more of an extreme. But, you know, I owned a gym early on. um, Not all that proud of it. But at at, at one point, that gym, we could have just called it Steroid Central. Um, We were a pretty hardcore gym. I mean, we had competitive bodybuilders that worked out there every day. We had competitive weightlifters. My partner um, was one of the top bodybuilders in the country at the time. And he was taking a lot of steroids. He just was. That was still fairly common, but it was really problems back then. I mean, we had people, my gym was in Ohio. We had people who were driving to Mexico because you could buy steroids over the counter and they were bringing them back. Um, so, but the, the, a lot of people absolutely believed that these bodybuilders and these power lifters got that way only because they took steroids. Like they thought the steroids did that. That's not how steroids work. You can take all the steroids you want. You're not going to build any muscle or any strength. Just like you can eat all the protein you want. You're not going to build muscle or strength. The only thing that does that is resistance training. Now, once you start resistance training, we need to make sure there's enough protein on board. That's pretty easy. But you will never get stronger or bigger without the workout part of it. The steroids didn't do it. What steroids do is the human body can only grow so much muscle so fast, no matter how much protein you give it. But if you give it anabolic steroids, it can grow even more muscle. It basically stops people from overtraining. When when these competitive bodybuilders and powerlifters get to a point where they're training so much, they actually start going backwards. That's when steroids will actually help make them bigger, stronger. I'm not recommending them at all you should stay away from them they're really bad for you um but it's the same way with this i mean if we have you know elderly people saying well i'm losing you know muscle mass and i need to supplement protein no maybe you need to go work out yeah that's a good point really good point and people you know when it comes to there are so many benefits to exercise and to weight oh, training specifically yeah. that people don't recognize. It's not discussed enough, but even, you know, things that you wouldn't think about osteoporosis, you know, mm. you, you really want to strengthen your muscles to avoid that. And a lot of women in their, in that age, when they're hitting menopause, that's really the danger zone for osteoporosis. And they have no idea. Their doctors don't, don't tell them that weight training could potentially help them. Probably the single most important thing you could do if you're worried about osteoporosis or weak bones um, is, is resistance training, not cardio. Don't go jogging. Don't get on the treadmill or the elliptical. This is resistance training that builds bone strength. And 
one of the leading causes of death for elderly people. He brought up elderly. It's a great place to talk about. Here's a very, very common pattern. I actually, I, I have a police scanner. You know, I keep it on most of the day and the night while I'm working. And it's just kind of in the background and I hear it. And um, it's kind of interesting, but very, very, very common. I hear these calls almost every day. They get called out to, you know, a 70, 80, 90 year old that has fallen and needs help to get back up. The reason they fell in the first place, because they had weak muscles. When they fall, they're very likely to break a bone because their bones are so brittle. That will be their death sentence. That's usually what starts them down the road to dying. When an elderly person starts falling and breaking bones, it's the beginning of the end. You're absolutely right. I actually have a stat that I just came across that women that are 65 or older if they fall, there's a 50% chance they'll never walk again. 50%. At 65? That's insane. At 65. It really is. It's, I, was, I, I wrote it down, actually, this morning, and I couldn't believe it. So that was very fitting for right now. Yes, 65. That's so young. It is. That, that, I'm almost there. <laughs> that sounds, sounds really young to me. Holy cow. You know, I, 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 my goal by the time I'm 65, and I don't see why I couldn't do it, um, the most weight I've ever benched press in my life um, was 310 pounds. And at the time, I weighed about 160. It, so there isn't any reason. I don't believe there's any, now I was much younger. But I don't believe there's any reason I can't get back to that, that I couldn't get back to doing a 300-pound bench press again. Um, And that's my goal. So at 65, I'm thinking about 300-pound bench presses. I'm not thinking about falling and never being able to walk again. (laughs) Seriously. Holy cow. But I, I I, I believe that statistic. It is a huge problem with elderly people and they're falling because they have weak muscles. That's the only reason they're falling. Mm -hmm. There's nothing about getting old that should make us fall more often, except we let our muscles get so weak that they can't even support us anymore. We don't have good balance. We don't have good core support. Now, when we fall, if our bones are brittle and we break a bone, that's almost a death sentence at that point. It is. It's sad. At 65, I can't imagine. That's so young. I couldn't imagine not being able to walk at that age. Do do you, uh, you, you're probably too young for this, but do you remember Jack LaLanne? I don't. The the lap name sounds familiar. You got to go look him up. Got to go look him up. So Jack LaLanne, if we go back probably to the 60s, I don't know. I think he was probably doing this stuff back then. I know in the 70s, I was a kid. He was pretty popular. I mean, you saw him around a lot. I think he may have had a TV show at one time. He was just totally into exercise. And being into exercise has not always been a thing. This is fairly new. You know, one of the stories I think is hilarious, Dr. Mercola tells this story. He was one of the first people like in the early 70s to start running. 70s, it's not that long ago. I I was around then. People didn't run. That was not a thing. 
Now it's just so common. You see people running all over the place. But back then, he actually says there were times when he would run early in the morning, people would call the cops on him because they'd see somebody running through the neighborhood and think it must be a criminal. That's because nobody ran. Oh, my God. I know. We, we don't realize this. We think that, oh, no, you've always done this. No, there weren't gyms. Gyms were not all over the place. People didn't go to the gym to work out. People didn't go running. That, that's a fairly new phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah, I just looked him up. He lived, it looks like, well into his 90s. When he was, I mean, you look at, find some of his statistics. This guy was a freak. He would, you know how people will sometimes swim across a lake or a river or a channel. He would do that too. But he wouldn't just swim. He would tie himself to a boat and put 30 people in the boat and tow them across the river. In his 70s, he was still doing this stuff. Wow. Yeah, he, um, you know, if you look up Wikipedia and you see him, he, he described himself when he was young at the age of 15 as a sugar holic and a junk food junkie. Yeah. He turned his life around. Yep. And his, That's pretty cool. his entire life became about fitness. And like I said, there was a time when he was pretty popular. So I'm all over the place. Yeah. I mean, now that, now that I see his face, I, I totally re- you know, remember. I, yeah. Even as an, as an elderly guy, I can remember seeing his face quite a bit. So yeah. Good looking man. Yeah. And just, uh, just incredible what the I, when you go read some of the things you know i say one boat and 30 people i think i remember stories of like 10 boats and you know 100 people and he's towing them around swimming i mean the guy was just incredible very cool yeah so we shouldn't worry about getting old and weak there's no reason to get old and weak and frail i agree and protein is so important for especially for as you get older, but for everyone, even children, that's a building block of the body. It gets structure to our cells, our tissues, our organs, everything. Things that you don't think of, you know. It protein's critical for the production of enzymes and hormones and even neurotransmitters in our immune system cells. I mean, the list goes on and on. We don't think about, you know, the importance of protein in the diet and you know, there are nine essential amino acids. So when proteins are broken down, they turn into, you know, they're broken down into amino acids. And there are nine essential amino acids that you can only get from your diet, which is why eating dietary protein is so important. And I think that, you know, we don't emphasize that enough. I mean, I know you do, Kevin, but, you know, in general, you know, you don't hear people talking about how important protein is. No, in fact, it's it, pretty important. We now live in a society where it's the opposite. They almost demonize animal protein. Yeah, you're right. They do. They in, do. Instead, they want us to eat, you know, fake meat that doesn't have complete protein, doesn't have absorbable protein. When you talk about the amino acids and, and a complete protein, there are almost no sources of complete protein in the plant world. The complete protein comes from animal products, those essential amino acids that we have to have. You can't get from 
plants. Unless you're really good at combining plants, um, it's interesting. We've talked about this in the past, how humans managed to figure out things about food, even though they didn't understand the science behind it. Um, rice and beans are a pretty popular dish around the world, right? Yeah, very popular. Two plant products, rice and beans, both come from plants. Neither one of them are a complete protein, but combined they are. Are they complete? I did not know that. So by combining certain plants, we can get complete proteins and all the amino acids, but we also know like almost every nutrient, the plant form of those amino acids is much more difficult for our body to absorb. So even though they're there, we could say, yes, those amino acids exist. If you combine these foods, you will get a complete protein. It's not as absorbable. It's just like omega-3. Yeah, there are plants that have a lot of omega-3 in it. Our body doesn't absorb that form very well. We always absorb nutrients better from animal products. I mean, that, that to me is a pretty clear sign. That should be the majority of our diet. We have no problem whatsoever getting all of the amino acids from every animal product we eat, whether it's fish or meat, pork, chicken, beef, eggs, dairy, all of the animal products have complete absorbable protein. Yep. Well, there was, I I was listening to something that said four ounces of chicken, if you wanted to get equal amounts of protein, you know, that you would from four ounces of chicken from something in the plant world, Quinoa they use. So four ounces of chicken is equal to six cups of quinoa. Could you imagine eating six cups of quinoa? (laughs) Not only can I not imagine it, do you know how many health problems it would cause? Oh, with all those anti-nutrients and whatnot? Yeah. Yeah, if you try eating six (laughs) cups of quinoa a day, I promise you you're not going to like the outcome. But how hard is it to eat four ounces of chicken? That's like three bites. Uh, exactly. It's such a tiny amount of chicken. Yeah. Four yeah. ounces. Come on. The other day I made, normally when I make chicken, I like to make a big batch of it and then I eat it for, you know, a day or two because it's just easy. Just make all your protein ahead of time and then reheat it. Reheated protein is excellent. Uh, so much easier. So I made two packages of drumsticks. Um, I think it ended up, was there six in each package, I think. Um, I ended up eating all 12 of them in like three hours. It was just one of those weird days. I don't know why I was so hungry. I ate, you know, four or five of them right off the bat. And then I kind of left them sit there on the counter. And I thought, well, maybe I'll eat a couple more. And then the next thing I know, they were gone. And I'm like, did I really eat 12 drumsticks? But I did. Um, I was hungry. And I, I say all the time, if you're hungry, eat. I was hungry, so I ate. Um, But four ounces of chicken is such a tiny amount, and yet you'd have to eat six cups of quinoa. Oh. I know. (laughs) It's unbelievable. I can't imagine being vegetarian. Did you hear about that vegan mother who was just convicted of starving her toddler to death? You know. By feeding the poor child just raw fruits and vegetables. Oh, oh my gosh. How, how horrendous. What must Ugh. that child have gone through? Uh, 
before they died. I, I just, I can't even oh. imagine. And, I, you know, I get it. There's an awful lot of confusion about food. We've been brainwashed into believing being a vegetarian or a vegan is so healthy when it is so wrong. Um, I, look, I, I would not tell any parent to put their child on a carnivore diet. But I can honestly say there's probably not much danger in it, really. Uh, honestly, if you put even your child on a good carnivore diet that included seafood and organ meats, that to me is a good carnivore diet and eggs, another good source of nutrition. That child would be far healthier than any attempt at being a vegetarian or a vegan. Yeah, I agree. As long as it's a true carnivore diet, like you said, with all of the important eating those, the tail is critical. So, yeah, I I can't imagine putting your child through that, eating raw fruits and vegetables. Oh, raw makes it even worse. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. I know, but they makes, can't really digest it well. It, yeah, think about this. You know, I just said, I mean, I have a bunch of root vegetables. Beets are getting ready to come out. Carrots will be a, probably another month. Um, I eat those mostly for enjoyment. I love pulling mm. some fresh beets out of the ground, steaming them or roasting them, just coating them with butter and salt and pepper. They're just amazing. Carrots are the same way. Um I don't know where I was going with that. I had a point. I totally forgot it, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know where I was going. Uh, oh, yeah. no, I know what it was. It's just the difference, though, between raw and steam. First off, you can't eat a raw beet. That's not even an option. Um, oh. I, yeah, I don't know anybody that's even tried. You're, you're not going to eat raw beets. You've got to cook those to eat them. Carrots, people do eat raw carrots. Raw carrots suck. Seriously, they are just awful. And you can't eat yeah. enough raw carrots so that you're not hungry anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I can't imagine eating enough. Yeah, imagine sitting down and being really hungry. You know, you just got done, good hard day of physical labor. You're hungry. You want to imagine somebody putting a bowl full of raw carrots in front of you and saying, eat till you're full. No. no, no, no. <laughs> Isn't that awful? <laughs> Without dunking them in like some high fat something. Something. I need lots of fat here. I need, you know, cream cheese. I need butter. I need something here. Um, But on the other hand, sit down to a big cut of fatty meat and say, eat till you're satisfied. Mm. Won't take long at all. But even, even if we cook those carrots and put some butter on them, they're far more satisfying yeah. like that. Definitely far more satisfying, but I can't imagine eating too many of them. I still want my protein for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So even on those days when, you know, I'll get off the air, I'll go out and pull some carrots or some beets out of the ground, steam them, throw some butter on them. I love it. But within 15 minutes, I'm looking around for meat. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, it's not very satiating. Protein it's is not. known to be extremely satiating. Protein is what gives you that, you know, I'm, I'm nice and satisfied. Protein and fat, those are the two. Yeah. It, the carbs aren't satiating. You could keep going. Well, yeah, keep they're, going. The, they're the opposite. You just want to keep eating. Um, I will say, exactly. for me, 
for me, protein alone, lean protein is not very satiating for me. My protein has to be really, really fatty. Fat, it definitely is satiating for me. Protein, not so much. And I know that is a thing. Absolutely. Protein is very satiating. For most people, it is the most satiating of the macronutrients. For me, it's not. It really is fat Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. I think honestly, for me, it's fat as well, but, but you know, it's, it's been proven that, you know, I, protein for whatever reason is, it, it is. so if you yeah. start a meal, if you start a meal and you start it with a protein, supposedly you're in a really good place because you won't eat quite as much. <laughs> you know, what just, um, what just struck me when we think about sitting down to a meal, what do we call the first thing that you eat? Not so an much appetizer? at home, yeah, but in the restaurant, we, 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 there's an appetizer menu, right? Yeah. Are we a bunch of freaking idiots? Seriously, think <laughs> about that. We look around, everybody's fat, and we have a whole category of food called appetizers. <laughs> the point to that is to stimulate your appetite. What a bunch of idiots. We're all fat and overweight. We're eating too much. And we have a whole category of food we call appetizers. Yeah, that is kind of funny. Shouldn't, I never thought about that before. <laughs> we need to start a new movement. We need to start a, a dish that we eat first called satiators. Yes, I love that. Love that idea. Satiators. Yeah. Well, by the time, I mean, then you really wouldn't need, that would be the, the larger dish. And then <laughs> your entree <laughs> yeah. should be, you know, just a little, you know, a little something extra. Well, and if we think about it, that, that, that satiator should be a piece of fatty meat of some kind or meat with some yeah. sort of fatty sauce. Those, those things would satiate our appetite, but we have gotten this correct. We call them appetizers. They're almost always very high carb and they do make you hungry. Yeah, they do. Unless, unless it's a carpaccio or a tartare. Now you're talking you're like the raw egg yolk on top. Yeah. Your yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now you're talking a little raw meat with some raw egg. Now we're talking. Yeah. The Europeans have it right. They, they do. really do. They do. That, that should be a starter right there. All right. Uh, well, a lot of people don't know. Sorry. No, go ahead. Quick. A lot of people don't know that that um, protein helps stabilize the effects of like your blood sugar. Like if you have the protein, especially for breakfast guys, like start your breakfast, your day off with a high protein breakfast and you're already starting off on the right foot to helping stabilize your, your blood sugar and keep it regulated properly. So a lot of people don't know that protein's important for that. Yeah. You know, I, um, I've gone back and forth on this. There was a time for a long time where I drank two cups of NDK coffee every morning. And if I do that, there's so much fat in there. I don't even think about eating till two or three in the afternoon. Um, Then I got away from that for a while. And then a couple of weeks ago, I got back into it again. For some reason, I was just really craving that second cup. 
and I would drink it and I felt fantastic and I ended up losing weight again because I wasn't eating as much. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, I wasn't craving that second cup. In fact, it sounded awful to me. First cup was amazing. Like today, I'm, I'm not drinking a second cup. I haven't in a while now. But then what happens is when I get off the air and it's going to be probably 11 or so by the time I get off the air and we're all done, um, I'll be hungry. So I, I've been eating earlier in the day since I haven't been having that second cup. But I, for some reason, I've just been craving like breakfast foods. So I either make a bunch of bacon ahead of time or sausage or, and then when I go to eat, I just, um, I have this device at home. It's this little countertop oven called a Brava. I don't talk about it much because it's, it was stupid expensive. I absolutely love this thing though. It, it cooks with light. That's the only heat source in this. The, it, it actually looks like a printer. It, you you look at it on the counter and you think, oh, it's a printer. Looks just like one. Um, but it it's about the size of a, you know, kind of standard laser printer today. Um, the front door opens on it and it cooks with light. But this device is just amazing. I mean, it works as an air fryer, a slow cooker, a dehydrator. Uh, it, it, it does all kinds of crazy things. And it just does it with light. You can even custom program it. I mean, I could go on and on. It's pretty cool. But I can make, you know, good poached eggs in a pan. They're not that hard. But I love the Brava. It's got an egg tray. And you crack your egg in the little tray, and then you pour some water in there, throw it in, hit the button, and I get perfect poached eggs every time. And I don't have to mess with them. So lately, I've been eating breakfast meats with a really, really, I like my poached eggs very, very runny. I mean, as soon as the white sets up completely, I'm done. I don't care if the yolk is totally liquid. It's kind of the way I like it. But that's been a a thing for me lately. Eggs and and breakfast meats. It's unusual for me. I haven't eaten breakfast in eight years. I mean, that's pretty much what my breakfast consists of, if I eat breakfast as well. But I I agree. I kind of switch between... I like the idea of staying flexible in terms of, okay, I can go from just doing like a bulletproof coffee and then I can switch to eating a, you know, a big breakfast that's super hearty. Um, I like that idea of switching it up every so often. So, you know, just to keep things fresh and yeah, what, my body working. One of the things that's kind of driving that for me now, for some reason, the more carnivore I eat, the more, and I don't, this is going to sound, this isn't a bad thing. The more cravings I tend to have, but I don't mean cravings in a bad way. I mean, I just kind of let my cravings dictate what I'm going to eat. And there are times where I absolutely want a piece of beef. I want a really good fatty cut of steak. There are other times I don't even want to think about beef. I'm craving chicken. And that might go on for a couple of days. And then I'll, I'll have a seafood craving. I've been doing a lot of seafood again lately. Then I'll wake up one day and think, oh, I can't even think about seafood. So I seem to have these really strong kind of cravings. And right now it happens to be eggs and breakfast food for some reason. Yeah. Huh. I love that. I love switching it up though. I think it's, it's nice to yeah. to go from one to the next just to make sure your body is, you know, is prepared for a, 
kind of like a metabolic change. Like you're, you're kind of surprising it and, you know, check to see how well it does. Cause if it doesn't do so well, then uh, I don't know. You might want to reevaluate. <laughs> there you go. Good point. Have you, have but you, Bravo looks really cool. I oh, are you that. looking at that? Yeah. I'm really intrigued. Like by lights, like, what kind of lights is it using? I'll have to really dive into it later. The the cool thing about this is the advanced level of this thing. You can actually go in and program the oven yourself. So it has six lamps that produce this heat in, in all kinds of different frequencies. Some of the light you can actually see. Some of it you can't see. Um, the The oven actually has a camera inside and a screen on the outside so you can watch your food cooking on the camera without opening up the oven. No way. Oh, yeah, it's, it's very cool, too. Yeah. And it's all Wi-Fi. I can, you know, I could start my Bravo from my phone right now if I wanted to and change it. And, but there's three lamps on the top and three lamps on the bottom, and then there's two shelves you can slide in with food on them. So you can cook from the bottom, the top, or both, and you have six lamps. Each lamp is a zone. So a tray has three zones, under one zone under each lamp. So you can use each one of those zones to cook something different. Like you could put a steak in zone one, you could put some potatoes in zone two, and you could put a vegetable in zone three, and then you program it to cook all three at the same time, but it cooks them differently. No way brilliant it's absolutely brilliant i'm thinking this is like the best device for a boat because it's not too big you kind of have everything you need and you can cook in zone that's incredible now i can program this thing i can go in and say i want zone one to run at 50 percent power for 10 minutes then drop to 30 percent power i want zone i mean you can take control of this whole thing and program it and when you're done programming you say okay that's the recipe that's exactly how i want everything to cook then when you save it the machine gives you a code like it'll be 2xyl7 and if you had a brava oven I could email you that code and then you just load it into your Brava and you now have my custom recipe. That's amazing. How long has this thing been around? Uh, I've had mine about two years, I think. Wow. I'm very intrigued. (laughs) I, I love mine. You know, one of the things that it's amazing for, have you ever made ghee? No, I've never made it. It's actually fairly easy to, oh, it's time consuming. You got to watch it the whole time. You can kind of mess it up if you're mm-hmm. not careful. So basically you take butter, you bring it up to a fairly low temperature, and then you just cook it for a long period of time. And what you're doing is you're evaporating out um, all the water and everything that isn't butter. So ghee basically comes out more like oil. You're getting, you're, you're cooking off some of those other things that aren't fat. Fat, you can't really cook off fat. It, it doesn't go away. It doesn't evaporate. Yeah. But you, the water and all the other stuff that's in butter, you can get rid of that. And that we call it clarified butter or ghee. It's the same thing. The, yeah. 
the Brava, somebody created a custom cook. Somebody sat down and it, it has a, didn't we talk about Dutch ovens just recently? Yeah. 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 This, the Brava, one of the pans you can buy for it, it slides right into the, the shelf kind of thing, uh, is a ceramic coated cast iron pan, like a Dutch oven kind of thing with a really heavy lid on it. So somebody figured it out and programmed it. And then they shared this code. So I just grabbed the code. You throw a couple pounds of butter in this Dutch oven, hit the button, walk away. Come back an hour later, you've got ghee. Wow. Yeah. I'm looking at the ghee recipe. So you're right. There's a, like a chef or someone, a cook that, that created it. And yeah, I guess you just share it. That's incredible. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I well, don't, I'm definitely going to look further into this. <laughs> now, the one thing I will tell you, if you're putting it on a boat, make sure you've got enough power at an outlet. Right? They, oh, they, does it take a lot of... They claim yeah. that this thing saves electricity, but mm-hmm. it pulls a lot of juice. Like, I, I have it on oh, a okay. circuit that there's almost nothing else on that circuit except some lights. But you will watch while mm-hmm. it's cooking. Those lights will go dim and bright. Now, you can see it's pulling a lot of power. Oh, wow. Okay. So that probably won't work on it. <laughs> no, it might. It might. I, it, it, and somebody, there's a way to calculate this. You can go in and look. The oven pulls this many amps. You just have to make sure we have an yeah. outlet on the boat. So, I mean, we can know this ahead of time, but it's something you do need to be aware of. I've, I've read some stories where people tried to put it, you know, maybe in an older house and they had to have new circuit breakers put in because it just kept popping a circuit breaker. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, this thing looks incredible. I think they're saying overall it uses less energy to fully cook a dish, but it uses... Which makes sense. Right, but it uses a lot of energy while it's cooking. It just doesn't take nearly as long to cook. Exactly. They're they're making up for it in other ways, which, you know, that makes sense. That's a good selling point. Yeah. So like I said, I don't talk about it a lot. It's probably not all that practical in a truck unless you're really willing to go out and buy a big inverter and wire it to handle it. And the other reason I, that little ovens, I don't know what the price is now. Two years ago, I paid $1,100 for mine. I think it's about the same. Yeah. It's not cheap. Uh, if you, you know, no, aren't into cooking a lot and, and I am, and I'll tell you what I use it mostly for. I use it mostly for like sides. There are so many things that I have so programmed now I can just walk over, slide the tray and hit the button. And when it's done, I'll come back later and it's just ready. So that allows me to focus mm-hmm. on the other dishes. So that that's what I tend to use it for. I also t- I reuse, use it to reheat a lot of food. Protein, I'd rather not throw protein in a microwave. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the Brava is a beautiful at reheating proteins. Yeah. I mean, I would use it in place of a microwave for sure. There's no doubt. Yeah, my I'm microwave. Trying to, I'm trying to get rid of my microwave. <laughs> my microwave doesn't get much use, use anymore um, because of the Brava. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even have a Brava or a toaster oven or anything like that. And we do not use our microwave Good. in our house. I'm actually, Good. it's one that is, it's under the, the counter and I'm 
I'm, I keep talking about how we need to get rid of it and put more storage <laughs> there because it's huge. Like we don't right. use it. We never use it. Right. So why not get rid of it? Yeah. You know, oh, I, yeah. I, I have considered that in the coach. Because I've got a big full size, you know, microwave above the oven and the coach. I'm like, I, I almost never use this thing, and I could easily get by without it. I use it once in a while for pure convenience. I could easily get by without it, and that space would go to a lot better use for other things, especially in a coach when space is critical. So, one of these days, I'm going to yank that out of there, and maybe I'll build a shelf up there and put the Brava in. Mm, that's smart. There you go. All right. What do you, uh, what do you say we take some calls? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's get started in Indiana. Jeff, thanks for being patient. What can we help you with today? Uh, just give you an update on my, my Kevin journey here coming up on 21 months down from 175 to 142. Um, doing the, Four rounds of the Wim Hof, then the X3. Uh, then I've been taking three-and-a-half-minute cold showers, planking for four minutes. And nice. I had a Kevin – yeah, I had a Kevin moment. Um, <clears throat> you, you had a line you said years ago that I said I've always loved. So we went to a Fourth of July party, this pool party. And um, I'm – just turned 58. I've got some friends up in their sixties and they've always been kind of overweight and everything. And I made sure that I just had my swim trunks on when I walked down the hill of the pool and they all went, what the hell happened to you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, look at you. You look like you did when you were 20. And I said, yeah, well, and they go, what what are you doing? And I said, this is my Kevin moment. I said, I stopped. Shoving shit in my pie hole. <laughs> you, had, you had said that a couple of years ago. And you go, if you just quit shoving shit in your pie hole, it'll, things will get better. Well, yeah, it, as so a, I said that, it kind of. As a matter of fact, the one thing. Off, yeah, just, one of the things you shouldn't shove in your pie hole is pie. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I don't know if that kind of pissed him off because these guys can certainly use it about 50, 60, 70 to, to get back to where at least I think they they look better. But I just, I looked at their plates, what they were eating. I'm just, I, I cringe and I just said, keep your mouth shut. Keep your, don't want to ask you. I know. Keep your mouth shut. Nobody asked you for your advice. And I'm like, ah, it's just. But- help you guys so much but i'm not an expert and what the hell do i know all i can show you is look at me and and uh you know you so, know yeah, just, I just love one of, i just love that you just know here stop shoving shit in your pie hole just, here's the thing jeff let, let, let's get real about this for real the the experts according to our society are the doctors that have them on multiple medications and will never make them better those are what we call the experts. Oh, you, you exactly. have far more ability to actually help those people get healthy than their doctors do. Yeah. I've but, been going at it, listening yeah, to you but, and following everything. But, but I'm with you. You can't force it on anybody. 
You, you, you do have to wait till yeah, they I, ask. And then even when they ask, you, you, I, I tend to get, you know, excited and I, I've got to hold back a little bit yeah. and not try to overwhelm people. Um, but it, the, we don't need doctors to be healthy. In fact, the farther we stay away from doctors, the more likely it is that we'll be healthy. Yeah, I have figured that out over the last, through my journey here. So, but I've been doing the Wim Hof and the X3 since January, and just this, this uh, being a saying I would never work out. I would just be a lazy ass the rest of my life. Boy, am I glad I found you. And it's just the people listening, and it's just not that hard anymore. I mean, at the beginning, it was, well, I can't. It's not what I couldn't have. It was, oh, well, shit, I'll just have two steaks. Yeah, right. You know, so that's, that's what I'm doing now. So, earlier... The best... It, it's a, yeah, earlier I was going to say Lauren and I were talking about getting old and, and falling. And then, you know, yeah. and you look at your friends who are now in their 60s and look where you were headed if you would have kept doing what you were doing by the time you were 60. Imagine, you know, we would be weak and frail and likely to fall. And I look at now. If I just stick with the X3 bar, nothing else, just stick with the X3 bar, 10 minutes, you know, three or four times right. a week. I, I, imagine how strong you're going to be at 70 or even 80. Yeah, just doing the, the, the band, you know, doing it till you can't anymore, even though your your distance gets shorter, but you're working all the mid-range and, and the, you know, all that stuff, just doing that and, yeah, and like I said, ten minutes. I mean, if I went to a gym, it'd take me a half hour to drive there and get dressed and walk around and not really know what the hell I was doing. By then, I've done twenty minutes of Wim Hof and my X three, and you know, then I'm standing in a cold shower. There you go. There you go. Which I which I thought was extremely ludicrous at the time, and now it's just every day minutes i just i don't even use the timer anymore i just, just count, i don't even mark it on my you, you just on, do it my wim hof app i just yep yeah yep and it's, then sometimes i just start thinking about the day and i i lose track of where i am <laughs> I, I may be in there five minutes sometimes yeah yeah you know it's that just it, so natural that doesn't I, I, I know it's hard to describe to people that you're not going to hate this cold shower. At some point, you're going to enjoy this. I promise you. It, and it happens. <laughs> yeah. I know you're going to understand what it, when you get to the point where your skin goes numb, then it feels like you could just mm-hmm. stay in there forever if you wanted to. Yeah, I, I, I have stood there sometimes to go, you know, you got it's six thirty in the morning. You have work to do. You, you can't just stand here all day. You, you go. That's right. And I never thought, I never thought when I first started, you know, you started 30 seconds, oh. you know, for a week. And, it, and, and, it's, you, and I'm like, let, there was no, let's be honest. That first 30 seconds when you're just starting to do this is brutal. Oh, I cussed you out so many times. I, I, <laughs> it, it, I don't know why it's so, uh, bad but it is i mean you're, it's just 
And I think to myself when, when I had to go through this in the beginning, I'm like, suck it up, cupcake. Come on. It's a little bit of cold water. But it's, it, in yeah. the beginning, it, it's rough. But I promise, you get to the point and you, you, sure, you feel it. It's a little bit of a shock on your skin in the beginning. Then your skin goes numb pretty quickly. And then once your skin goes numb, it, that, that cold feels so good. Yeah. Well, I, somebody, I don't know if you said it or somebody on the show, or I can't remember where I heard it, is that you have to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. That That's Wim Hof. If I said it, I was I was quoting him. And okay. that's, so he, he that, claims that's that the, that's the, you get the majority of the health benefits with four minutes or less. You get all the benefits, the health benefits, four minutes or less. Going longer really doesn't do much more health-wise. What he says is, and why he goes longer, he just really pushes his body so that he can become comfortable in very uncomfortable situations. Right. And as you said, it's the holding your breath, it's the x-ray, it's the cold shower. You need to become comfortable with being uncomfortable so it's not uncomfortable anymore. <laughs> right. And doing all of, this stuff is yeah. my routine. It's kind of an it's oxymoron. It is. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, when I tell them, these guys at the pool party, what I eat and, you know, what I do, <laughs> they all look at me like I'm nuts. And I'm like, you know, it, it kind of is from the America <laughs> did standard standard thing we've done but it's i and i said i said i am never going back to being fat again and i don't think i was fat but i certainly wasn't healthy that's for sure same with me yeah i i feel the same way jeff thanks for the update great stuff as always let's go to illinois pete welcome to the program kevin lauren how are you good what can we help Uh, you with today uh, I want to kind of uh, talk to you guys about uh, some health problems my wife has. Um, <clears throat> we've been together three years. We've been married two years now. And uh, she she has kidney disease. Um, she takes medications for high blood pressure. You know, she's a very energetic young woman, Let me, 51 years old. I, yeah, that's what I was just going to. How, lo- how old did you say, 51? She's, she's just turned 51. She's, okay. you know, she's full of life and energy. And I, you know, I've been listening to you for a number of years now. And I think to myself, my God, this, she shouldn't be in this position. Uh, I just, I want to help her. You know, I want to help her. Uh, she, I, you know, it's like you talk about a lot, you know, she goes to the doctor, tells them she has blood pressure, high blood pressure. They put her on meds and then they forget about her. They don't care about oh, no. her getting healthy. No. You know? No. Nope. Um, so here, here's what I've done and I have to be gentle because you know how it goes with <laughs> trying oh, to fix other people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I will tell you this, the hardest person ever to help with this, the, the hardest people, the closer you are to somebody, the harder it is to help. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame that's how it works, and I, and but I, that's just human nature. For some reason, we, I, I know practitioners who, who have programs that they've formally set up so that if one of their relatives or loved ones needs help, they refer them out to another practitioner and, and they do that, you know, back and forth because they've all realized the hardest person to help is somebody you're close to. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I actually had a had a discovery call yesterday where the husband and wife were both on, and he was just listening because it was the discovery was with her, and he jumped on at the very end and said, "You know, I listen to Kevin all the time, and I basically told her everything you just told her, but she had to hear it from you." Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's and true. Lauren, Sometimes that's all it takes. And, and, and Lauren, this brings me kind of to my uh, the reason for calling. I. Uh, Got her to do a NutriQ. She did a NutriQ. She spent the time doing it. Uh, there was an email that came back that said, hey, we, we got it um, under her email address. And the next step would be to schedule a call. I tried to schedule a call, but then we got an email back that said, can't do it. Need a NutriQ. So I'm trying to figure out how to get was- this all it was probably because she didn't sign up for the discovery within a month after taking the NutriQ. Because yep, things yep. can change so drastically. So that would be my first assumption is that, is, is, you know, is that that's what happened there. Yeah. Um, but I would recommend, I definitely recommend that she sign up for discovery. And it, it, it takes 10 minutes. It goes by so quickly and you get so much out of it and, I do believe that we can help her. She just needs to, she needs to want it as well. Yeah, for and, sure. For and, sure. That's why and I'm trying Pete, to be gentle about it. Yeah, Pete, you know, you mentioned kidney disease, high blood pressure. She's got metabolic syndrome. It's what everybody gets by the time they get to 40 or 50 eating the standard American diet. These things are all the same. She doesn't have any true kidney disease although that's what they call it she has poor kidney function because her kidneys haven't had the proper nutrients for five decades uh you would have a conniption fit if i if i told you what she loves to eat and what she eats (laughs) oh i i it's pretty hard to surprise me anymore with food i mean i've seen it all i've seen how poorly some people can eat in today's world and we know what the results are going to be the good news is we also know what the results are going to be if we can just fix their diet yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i understand so uh lauren i need to get her to do nutri-q again and then uh within the 30 i think it was that 30-day thing that probably booted her back out of the system yeah that's exactly what it is so if you have her retake it um and then just you know sign up for the discovery as soon as you get that email and yep. we'll, we'll have, you know, we'll set up an appointment and I'm looking forward to it. And, and Kevin, real quick, uh, I have a, a login on your site. Uh, can we do it through that or does she have to have her own, um, you know, subscription to your page? How does that work? No, she doesn't have to be a member on either one of the tribes. Um, everything can be handled just through email. Okay. Sounds good. We'll, we'll do that. Thank you guys so much. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Uh, we yep. certainly look forward to working with somebody new like that. Let's go to Wisconsin. Alex, welcome to the program. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. What's on your mind today? Pretty good. Yeah, just a couple questions for you. Um, so a little background here. I am 26. I weigh about 135 pounds and... Um, I eat, I'd say relatively healthy. Um, and I just picked up some cardio miracle. Hey, Alex, just to try Alex, just to give her a wink. A- yeah. Alex, before we talk about supplements, we got to go back and clarify something. 
I most of the time when people tell me they relatively healthy, what they typically mean, and I need to clarify this with you, is that they eat the standard American diet, but they try to eat salads once in a while. That's kind of what the average person <laughs> thinks is I'm eating relatively healthy. So when, when somebody says right. that, that's a meaningless phrase to me. So you got to tell me specifically right. okay. what you eat. Right, right. So I'd say most of the time, well, I'd say most 80% of the time it's, it's good meat, it's starches of, I'd say, rice, potatoes, stuff like that. I'm not sitting here eating, you know, McDonald's every day. I, it's just most of the time it's, like like I said, relatively healthy steak, chicken. Um, yeah. How, that stuff of the like. Have you eliminated grains? I have not. Then it's not a healthy diet. True. You're, you're right. I listen to you every day. So you're right. You're right. It's just, um, yeah, the breads and the stuff. And like, I'm not, you know, I'm not complaining of like, I have issues yet. Uh, you oh, you know, will. I, no, I, you're I, right. I, you, you won't. Yeah, you're, I, you're 26. Yeah. You're not overweight. Uh, you, you, for whatever yeah. reason, you know, you, you have eaten better than most people, maybe most of your life. Maybe you've got good genes. You could potentially be one of those skinny diabetics at some point. I don't know. Um, but, but I can promise you this, yeah. your diet, mm-hmm. I, I, I always say that I ate a healthier version of the standard American diet. You know, it's not black and white. Um, I grew up on probably a healthier version because my mom cooked almost every meal. We didn't eat a lot of processed food. We did eat bread and grains and, uh, you know, bad oils and all those other things I shouldn't have eaten. But it could have been worse. Um, I wasn't overweight until I got into my 30s and then the weight started to pile on and got worse every year. Um, but I, I could say I ate a healthier version and, you know, I never got yeah. to where I was obese, but I was certainly overweight. Um, but everybody who eats any version of the standard American diet, by the time they get into that fourth and fifth decade, they'll probably have some symptoms of metabolic syndrome. They're more than likely going to be diabetic or pre-diabetic. It's just, it happens a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, no. And I, I, I completely agree with you, you know, and I'm, I'm trying, I listen to you, you know, like I said, every day and everybody that has eliminated grains on their diet, they have just have nothing good things to say and their joint pain's gone and all that stuff. And, you know, I obviously don't have to deal with that yet. And I'm aware that, it's going to be coming. It's going to be coming if I don't, you know, shape up with that, with that in particular. And I guess that's, that's one of the biggest things you can do. eh? Yeah, absolutely. So you had, you had mentioned cardio miracle. And before you even ask the question, my answer is pretty standard on this. We have a ton of supplements that could help people. I, I, I used to be so anti-supplement for years and years. I thought it was all garbage. Uh, most of it is. But we now know if you have the right supplements formulated the right way, used by the right people, they can help a lot. So I could look at supplements in our yeah. store and say, well, yeah, you should be taking this and this. and that. But honestly, I, I, I don't. And I'm not going to. I'm not going to change the way I do this. I really believe that everybody should try to do 30 days of a really clean diet before they even think about supplements. Yeah. Yep. 
I, uh, I uh, had caught exactly what uh, you had talked about with the other gentleman about, um, you know, if you're not going to change the diet, you know, don't even think about it. And it makes a lot of sense. And I do agree. Um, like I said, mostly healthy, like with mostly carnivore and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I bought some cardio miracle and I tell you, I don't have any drive to, um, drink coffee anymore. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, basically what I'm asking is, do you think if I, do I, do I need to be taking this? I'm young. I, I'm not overweight, but I just feel like it's, it's got a lot of good stuff in there and I don't have any drive to drink coffee anymore. I, no, I, can, I, I can see that because for a lot of people, the reason to drink coffee is the energy is the caffeine. They kind of need it. They, they, they don't have the energy yeah. they want. And one of the biggest benefits of cardio miracle is the way it helps our body produce and use energy. That that's a big part of what nitric oxide oh, okay. does in our body. So it, it's not, it, it, it may also be why I just said for a while I was, when I was on the road, I was craving that second cup of NDK coffee every day. But if you remember, yeah. I also said when I was on the road, I stopped all supplements. I wasn't taking the cardio miracle. Now that I got back, I've been really strict about not just one scoop a day. I've been doing two, like, you know, one in the morning, one at night. And I crave my first cup of Endy coffee. But after that, I don't want any more. Right. Right. Now, what do you mix it with? Because I mix it with apple juice right in the morning. Oh, stop that. (laughs) Stop that. Really? Oh, my Ah. gosh. That's a sugar bomb. So good. Oh, it's so tasty. It's a sugar bomb. You can't do that. Uh, I bet it is tasty. Honestly, I love the taste of it in just water. I mean, just I I have a like a fourteen or a sixteen ounce big Yeti tumbler, and I put one scoop in there, fill it up the rest of the way with water, put a little bit of ice in it, drink that in the morning, and then I usually go out in the garden late at night, kind of wrap things up out there and I'll take another one out there with me and I'll finish that. Um, and I'm seeing improvements over just doing one scoop. So I do believe that cardio miracle is an excellent daily supplement for a lot of people, maybe everybody, but I would still say if you're not going to change your diet, I wouldn't spend the money because it's expensive. And I just don't know that you're going to get a lot of benefits from it with a poor diet. Right. So now what do you, what do you find that you feel different? I mean, eating the way you do what, you know, so, so well, what do you find different in taking cardio miracle? You know, the the one thing I notice, I've talked a, a lot about the fact that the one problem I still haven't made as much headway on is my sleep. I still have, my average sleep is about five hours. That's it. That's average. So there are nights where I only get four. And I can tell you that those days after that, I would feel fatigued all day long. Like just walking upstairs, I would feel my legs start to burn and get tired. And the the cardio miracle makes that go away. Sleep would make it go away too. Um, but I do notice that if I'm drinking the cardio miracle, even after a couple bad nights of sleep in a row, I don't get those same feelings of fatigue. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Um, 
so you don't think that I'm just like wasting it because I'm young and not, you know, a little bit overweight or whatnot. That has really nothing to do with that product. No, here, here's why, um, you know, most of us now this, this is happening earlier and earlier with people. We used to call type two diabetes, adult onset diabetes, because people didn't get it till they were in their fifties and sixties. Now they're getting it in their twenties and thirties. So it's not like we wake up one day and we're 50 and all of a sudden we need more nutrition. We, We don't need more nutrition just because we're 50 and overweight. The reason we're overweight and sick at 50 is because we didn't get the nutrition when we were 20. Right. So, yeah, every human body needs nutrition at any age, six months old or six decades old. We we all basically need the same nutrition. Right. Absolutely. So if you can get all of that nutrition in your diet, if you are eating a diet that's so nutritious, a lot of seafood, a lot of organ meats, you know, a lot of good good oils and fats, you know, what vegetables you're going to eat or organic. And if you can do that, then I'd love to see people get all of their nutrition from food. It's pretty difficult, though. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially like the seafood part. It's just, it's just not what I typically buy, even though I enjoy it. I really do. I know. You know. I, there's, I don't know what it is about seafood. I love seafood. But there are times where I think to myself, I probably haven't eaten seafood in a month. Why not? But I don't know what it is about. And then I'll get a craving for it and I'll start eating it again. But um, I, I find that there are some supplements that are good to have every day and Cardio Miracle has become one of them. Awesome. Yeah, like I said, it's just the energy. Like I'll, I'll go all throughout the day and I am just, I'm going. I'm a quad I, axle driver here in Wisconsin. So I'm able to go home and stuff at the end of the day and I'm really busy. I got a family and a dog and you know, everything's crazy. And I, I love moving around because I'm sitting in this darn truck all day and I was a very active person growing up and now that's a good sign. You know, yep. That's a good sign that when you get done yeah. in the truck all day, you want to go out and be active. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kevin, I love your show. Love you. you you're, you're awesome, man. I love Thank hearing you. these, these success stories and, uh, yeah. All right. Keep keep it up and uh, check back in. I love getting that feedback. All right, Lauren, let's jump into our case study. All right. Great. Let's do that. So our case study today is a 54 year old woman whose main concerns are weight, menopause and arthritis. And it was really interesting. I started going through her, um, she listed, you know, what she eats on a regular basis and something really jumped out at me. She eats two to three protein shakes per day. Oh, Oh, I think it's quite excessive. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like one yeah. a day is excessive. So yeah, this one to me is really a problem. Right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I thought that was really interesting because when I was going through her NutriQ, so the system, you know, I'm sure not everyone knows, the system is really wonderful. You know, when we were studying to be practitioners, you had to do everything by hand, and then they finally give you access to the system, and it, it kind of just tallies everything up for you and 
just makes things a lot um, quicker, <laughs> I should say. Yeah. To um, to kind of you know dive deep into what's going on in, in any particular situation with a with a client. And when I was going through it, it also gives you a list of potential nutritional deficiencies. So it takes all your questions and then it shows you potential deficiencies, which I always like to do a quick once over to see if anything really jumps out at me. Right. Usually the highest deficiency I see, they give you a percentage. Um, the highest percentage I think I ever really see is in is like around the sixties. That that would be like the high end. For this particular case, what really jumped out at me is her protein need was showing at ninety one percent. Wow. So and- here she is. I know. <laughs> You're going right where I was going to go. Here's somebody drinking protein drinks all day long and can't get enough protein. <laughs> right? I yeah. was just shocked. I was shocked. I mean, not that I'm like completely shocked as a practitioner, but I, I was shocked that, you know, here she was thinking, you know, you, you, know, you, you feel bad for, the, you know, for some people because she's thinking she's doing the right thing. She's getting extra protein in her diet. But meanwhile, you know, her protein needed, she's not absorbing it. So, let, so let's stop there really for a second. Yeah. Let, let, I hate to interrupt you, yeah. but I, I want to get this point across. This is why we like the NutriQ so much. This is why I think the NutriQ is an incredible tool. Most doctors, even some practitioners, would have looked at this and never thought there was a need for more protein. They would have thought, oh, my God, she's eating protein. She's eating all these protein shakes. If there's a problem going on, it must be something else. must not be a lack of protein. Because when you look at the intake, it looks like there's plenty of protein here. The beauty of the NutriQ is we're not looking at those things. We are only looking at symptoms. You are describing to us how you feel. That's what the NutriQ is. Do you have this symptom? Do you feel like this? Do you notice this? What that tells me is you can take in all the protein you want, but we are still seeing all these symptoms that you're not getting enough protein. Exactly. And I'm going to take that even a step further because when I continue to go through all of her information, I noticed that under medications and supplements, she's taking antacid. Okay. Yep. So we discussed this with the digest when we went over digestion and how important it is and, you know, all the different stages of it. Well, if you're getting your protein through a shake, through a liquid, then you're, you're sending, you're not sending the right messages to your digestive system. So you're not naturally, you know, you're not, you're not masticating, so you're not chewing. So all of these things are, are not, we're missing things here. Our, our digestive system has these little, gets these little signals and, and it preps us. It tells the body, hey, we need to make gastric juices to break down the protein when it, when it gets here. Well, if you're drinking it, your body doesn't know that you're actually getting the protein. So we have to keep that in mind. Yes, for certain situations that, you know, that we talked about, it could be helpful to supplement protein, but I mean, very few situations. Right. And one of them being one of them that I thought, Kevin, that, that I thought was really interesting. It just really came, you know, came to mind today is someone who has had a gastric 
procedure, like a oh, bypass surgery. Yeah, good point. And we're trying to help them. Good point. That yeah. would be someone who I'd say, okay, you know, that's a perfect example of someone who should supplement with uh, like a protein powder, like, you know, in liquid form because they can't, they really can't digest their food properly. I have an but assignment for you then. For a normal... What's that? You're right. This would be a good case. And we see a lot of this. And we always struggle. Both you and I have talked about this. It, it's the one case we struggle with the most when somebody's had some sort of gastric surgery. When, you know, they've had some sort of band or sleeve. There's all these different procedures. Some things bypass the stomach. Some parts bypass part of the intestines. You know, and both of us look at this and go, how does this even work? Or... We've, we've known people that have lost their entire colon. Well, it's where all our gut bacteria is. How does, how does this work? There's so much about this we don't know. So this would be a case where supplementing protein may be important. These people just can't digest and absorb it. Here would be my challenge to you. Um, do some reading and find out what our best sources of it are then. What is the best way to supplement protein if you need to? Because I honestly don't know. I, I have it right here. I've got the answer for you. <laughs> well, look at that. You've already done your assignment. Awesome. <laughs> I did. I I like to come to these, you know, shows quite prepared. Good. <laughs> so, Good. So, yes. Yeah, so, you know, like we said, protein powders should not replace whole foods in the diet unless absolutely necessary. Um, and we know, as we discussed earlier, that animal-based proteins are not preferred because they're just, they're just not, it's, it's like apples and oranges. You can't really compare them. So when you look at the protein, the, you know, the best form of the protein, if you need to supplement, the best is whey protein. Obviously, grass-fed, non-denatured, from pasture-raised cattle, if you can handle it. Um, some people can't tolerate whey, but if you can handle whey, that's really the best source of, um, of powdered protein and specifically whey isolate over the, concent the, the concentrated whey. It's more bioavailable than whey concentrate and it contains virtually zero lactose and it has the best uh, essential amino acid profile because we mentioned earlier that there are nine essential amino acids that we need to get through diet. So the whey the whey isolate is the best way to get that, and it's best um, and it's the best form for digesting and absorbing the nutrients. So that would be your best option, specifically um, uh, beef protein. So I thought that was really interesting, and I follow quite a few, um, you know, health people <laughs> as you can imagine, and I don't know if you heard of Ben Greenfield. Oh, you yeah. I've, ben Greenfield? I've met Ben. Yeah, he's he's pretty amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, he is. Yeah, he is. is. He's quite the athlete. <laughs> he really, um, if you get a chance to check out Ben Greenfield, and you see, you'll see what I mean, because a lot of his photos are going to be without a shirt, and he is just ripped. And so he plays a lot, and he tinkers a lot with, you know, how, like what to be ingesting in order to get the right amount of proteins and, and all of this stuff and how to build muscle. And he actually has a, a whey protein um, supplement um, 
that he sells called Keon. And I think that when I did all the research, that would be my number one recommendation. If you absolutely needed to supplement, like we said, not everyone does. The best form is to be eating, you know, animal proteins in their natural form. So Got I it. thought that was really it, interesting. It is. Speaking of Ben, he's a pretty interesting guy. Um, my first, I think it was the first year after I got out of the NTA, it was pretty early. Um, they had their big annual conference here in Portland. And um, I actually got invited back to speak, which, which I thought was pretty incredible. So I, I, was, I still felt new to all this, but they had a couple, they, one, they wanted me to speak on taxes for practitioners. So I did a seminar on, you know, keeping your taxes low as a practitioner. Um, but they also wanted me to do one on like having a niche client. You know, because I worked with truck drivers. That was like a big thing. Everybody was all, you know, excited about that. And how'd you find this niche? And so I got invited to speak uh, in a couple sessions. And uh, Ben was one of the speakers that year as well. Uh, that was also the year I got to speak on the panel with. Um, oh, I just drew a blank on her name. Um, the uh, female doctor who had MS. Um Walls, Terry Walls. Oh, Dr. Walls. Yeah, Dr. Walls. A lot of great people at that at the NTA conference every year, but uh, I got a chance to meet and spend some time with Ben. What an incredible human being. I mean, the guy is just a, physically, what he's capable of is incredible, but he is, he's, you know, we, we think of like Dave Asprey as like the king of biohacking and uh, Ben does far more. Um biohacking than almost anybody and he does some pretty extreme stuff like i don't consider dave asprey much of an athlete i mean he might do an awful lot of biohacking no. but um ben greenfield is an incredible athlete i mean what he is capable of but i've also read if you read through his blog he's got some really good stories you remember one of them i'd like to go back and find it um he had trouble sleeping too and, you know, you can't do much more than what somebody like Ben Greenfield does to be healthy. I mean, his diet is incredible, his workouts, and, and he's been doing it for decades. I mean, he's just a, a, an incredible human being, and yet he had trouble sleeping. And I, I really think that sometimes when you get that healthy, I, I honestly think our body just doesn't need nearly as much sleep. It, 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 so some of these people are getting by on four to five hours of sleep, which is about my average. And we've been told that that's incredibly unhealthy. I, I'm not totally convinced that's true. I think that, you know, some of these people that that's maybe that's all they need. And there might not be any downside to it. But he was trying to solve it. And I can certainly relate to this. I've done some pretty crazy things over the years. But there was this one story he told where his wife was gone. She was on, she was gone for a week or two, some trip, but he was home alone. And he pulled out all the stops. Like he was, he made this crazy combination of like he was using cannabis and kratom and uh, he was talking about hallucinations and it was kind of funny the way you know he talked about it but um, he he has tried a lot of crazy stuff and a lot of bio biohacking and and he does have some pretty incredible products yeah he really does i he's someone that i would trust in terms of 
the quality of his of the product that he puts out there. So if someone is looking for a clean, because I do want to go over some of the dangers of protein powders. Because Good. Not Good. all protein powders are created equally. And there's a lot of stuff in them that you don't want to be ingesting. So I, you know, if you are looking for one that, you know, we, we can pretty much guarantee is, you know, is, you know, you're going to have a good quality product. I trust then. I definitely do. Yeah, I but, would too. You know, in terms of, yeah, but in terms of the other things that, that people are, you know, if you, if you were to look at protein powders and there's a ton of articles on, um, on protein powders and what they've been finding in them over the past, you know, few years. Um, one of the things that really stood out was the heavy metals and other toxins that are found in them. And Consumer Reports, there was a, an investigation found low to moderate levels of lead, arsenic, and mercury in many of the well-known protein powders out there. So making sure that you are finding very clean protein powder, it, it's not it's not easy. So you want to find someone who's, you know, a company that's creating them that, that you can actually trust. Um, but there's also a lot of sugar, or, and it's not sugars and artificial sweeteners in them because a lot of people, you know, if you think about it, when you ask people what kind of protein powders they're, they're drinking, um, they're making shakes, they're always flavored. It's always vanilla, chocolate, or <laughs> right. something. Yeah, it's never just straight protein, so so you have to be careful. You know, you want to look at the ingredients and see what's giving it its flavor. Are there artificial sweeteners in there? Um, are there artificial flavors in there? Um, all of those things, and then you want to make sure that the protein sources are are really um, you know kind of plain. It's just the protein the protein sources. It just doesn't have all of this extra stuff. So. We talked about the difference between animal proteins and plant proteins. So when you find plant proteins, they're typically going to be proteins from um, peas, rice, or hemp. Um, and like we said, a lot of those are not going to contain all nine of the you know essential amino acids. So really finding the whey proteins is going to be the better way to go. And... I also came off, came across an article that talked about the negative effects um, on hormones by taking a lot of different protein powders, um, mainly due to the soy that they put in there. We know. Oh, that that's right. Yep. A lot. Yep, that's <laughs> yeah, right. So a lot of soy isolates in protein powders, so you want to stay away from that as well. But just a few things to think about. Good stuff. You did do your homework. Yes, I I, I tried to. Yeah, we do. <laughs> that was that was pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. So again, I want to go back. Most people listening to us should never supplement protein. Let Let's just start from that point. You don't need to understand isolates and whey and soy and all that other stuff if you're not in some special situation where you need to supplement protein. Most people shouldn't. They should never need to. should be able to get plenty of protein from our diet. If you have to supplement, this becomes important though, because if you're supplementing with the wrong protein, which most people are, you're probably doing more damage than good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, and the case study today was a perfect example of that. 
drinking your protein can definitely lead to improper digestion for proteins. It could lower your stomach acid because you're not sending the signals that your body needs to produce stomach acid to break down the protein for proper absorption. So definitely yeah. keep that in mind. Yeah. And then here's what, what we see happen in this tends to happen even more with women as your stomach acid gets weak and you eat meat when you have weak stomach acid and then you eat meat you don't feel all that great your body is really struggling to digest that you you can become tired and fatigued because your body's trying to digest it but it can't you've got now you've got undigested food which is going to affect your um your digestion and your immune system and leaky gut. And, but what happens is if you get weak stomach acid and then you eat meat and you don't feel good, then people start, they tend to stay away from meat. And that's a bad thing. We don't want that to happen. I see that a lot with women, actually. You're, you're right about that. Yeah. And they'll so say, well, well, you, you know, I, I want to eat meat, but when I eat it, I don't feel good. That that tells mm-hmm. us something. You should feel good after you eat meat. Meat is the the basis of the proper human diet. And if you're eating it and you feel bad, it's because something's wrong, and we need to fix that. Definitely, and we can fix it with simple supplements, and you don't have to take them forever. You just retrain your body to you know to make the proper basically hydrochloric acid to break down your, your protein. So, well, well, here's how simple it is. Yeah. Here's how simple it is. Um, the last couple of weeks of my trip on the road got pretty stressful. There's some major breakdowns, <laughs> you know, working on trucks on the side of the road. Um, it, it was a pretty stressful time. And I started noticing that every time I ate, I was nauseous. And that's uncomfortable. So I got to the point where I'm like, do I really want to eat? Maybe I just skip it. Uh, And you shouldn't do that. There's nothing wrong with fasting. But if you're not eating because when you do eat, you get nauseous, you need to address the problem. And what I realized was the stress and, and what's the first thing that gets shut down in the um, stress response, the fight or flight response, which what's one of the first things that gets shut down. Yeah. Your body stops producing stomach acid. When you eat a a meal heavy in protein and your body's not producing enough stomach acid, nausea is one of the first signs. And it it dawned on me, hey, every time I'm eating, I tend to get nauseous. What's going on? And I, I have pretty solid digestion I have for years. And then I realized, wait a minute, I'm stressed. Maybe my body's just not producing enough stomach acid. So the simple test, I always have, I mean, so many of our supplements have, you know, hydrochloric acid in them. I grabbed a, a betaine plus and I ate a meal like I normally do, mostly meat and animal products. And I took two, it's actually quite a bit of betaine plus, no nausea, none whatsoever, completely gone. Did you question for your, you know, specific situation? Did you continue to take it for a few more meals or yes. how did you handle that? Yep. Yeah, I okay. did. And and then I, after maybe a week of every time I would, and I backed off two was more than I needed. So I figured out one betaine plus was enough to, you know, get rid of the nausea. And then 
after a week or two and I was back home and I knew the stress level had died down some and I was starting up my stress protocol again, I thought, all right, I'm just going to stop that and see what happens. So if I stopped it, no nausea. So I, 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 that's how fast our, our digestion can change. I had really good digestion, but I allowed myself to get in some really stressful situations and I wasn't doing anything to combat that stress. And that was the result. My digestion changed that quickly. Yeah, it can. Wow. Well, that's actually a really good um, example for everyone to hear because, you know, Sometimes it could, it could just be one for someone who, you know, one um, supplement, like one capsule. Um, but sometimes you need a little bit more. But like you said, yours is probably a little in excess because you don't suffer from digestive issues all the time. But you kind of have to tinker with things and find out what works for you. And I know that sometimes I, I speak to people who want, you know, an exact protocol and it's it's, it's not that simple (laughs) no it's not well and i'll tell you when i took two my my nausea went away so it worked but i also noticed i Mm -hmm. had some burning in in kind of in the pit of my Mm -hmm. stomach which is a pretty clear sign you might have gotten too much hydrochloric acid so the next time i tried one now had i you know the day that i ate you know 12 drumsticks uh, that might be a day where it might have taken two just because I eat so much protein all at once, which is unusual for me. So none of this stuff is really an exact science. We all need to become kind of our own biohackers somewhat. Yeah, I agree. All- you know, the easiest people to help are the ones that understand their body by feeling things they they can really tune into how they're feeling so you're right it's you're you really do it's in your best interest to really pay attention to how you feel at different times of the day after eating certain meals you know all of that the sooner you can really tap into how you're feeling how different things are making you feel the easier it is for us as practitioners to help you get to your ultimate goal Absolutely. Yep. Sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, we we actually have a course Brittany did um, in Let's Truck University about mindfulness. And if you are out there thinking, oh, I don't know how I feel after I eat, or if you're not in tune with your body, if you don't know these things, like I, I... I'm in tune with my body enough that, I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about horrible nausea. It wasn't like I was about to throw up or, I, but I noticed that that's not normal. I mean, I, I normally I should be able to eat a meal and feel good after I eat a meal. I shouldn't be in this discomfort, but I, I, I recognize that right away. I, I, I'm in this discomfort. I have this nausea. It's not horrible, but why do I even have it? But some people, especially, you know, we're, we're so distracted in our world today. We're distracted all day long by a thousand things that people just aren't very in touch with their body anymore. Sometimes all it takes is just some mindfulness. Just sit quietly and kind of do a body scan. What, what's going on in my body? How does everything feel? I love that idea, actually. 
Yeah, sit, sit quietly and start at your toes and work your way up. Do my toes feel okay? And for a lot of people, they don't. They have neuropathy. They can feel it in their toes. That, that's a sign. Pay attention to that. And then just work your way up. How, how does everything feel? And, and, you know, when you wake up in the morning, do it. After you eat, do it. After you exercise, do it. If you don't exercise for a couple of days, how's that making you feel? Just, just be mindful and listen to the signals your body's sending. And honestly, that's what the NutriQ does. The NutriQ forces you to think about how everything feels in your body. That's true. <laughs> and for those that are not familiar with, you know, doing that body scan, that's, it, it clearly shows in the NutriQ because yeah, right. they are usually really, they're underreporting things. And I look at it and I'm like, well, how do you have all these issues that you're telling me are your top concerns, yet it's not coming through on the NutriQ? It's because you're really disconnected. Right. Yep. Yep, yeah. absolutely. So your body can tell you a lot and pay attention and listen. All right. Uh, what else we got today? Anything? That pretty much sums up what I had for protein. I really just wanted to jump into that. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Looking at my notes here. Yeah. So one of the things we might want to do going forward now, since we've been doing this show for a while, um, maybe some follow-ups on old cases. I like that. Yeah, let, let's go back and, and, you know, reach out to people that we've used as examples on here. And, and where are they now? Have we solved any of these problems? Have, you know, anything new shown up? Um, that might be, a, you know, something we should do now and then is jump back into an old case. Let's do that. I will start reaching out to people and see if we can't get, get them to come on the show live. I'm sure they'd love to. Yeah, you know what? And, you know, I, I know people love sharing their success stories. We love hearing them. But we also need to be able to hear failures. When, when something doesn't work yeah. right, we need to know that. You know, if we gave you a recommendation and that recommendation did not work out for you, well, we'll tell us. Get back to us. Let us know. Same thing here. I mean, I, I want to highlight, you know, here's a case where we thought this was going to work, but for some reason it didn't. And, you know, we had to keep working. We had to keep digging. But I, I think people would get a lot out of that if we went back and did some follow-up. All right. I love that idea. I'll start, uh, I'll start reaching out. Good. All right. Now, normally we take a break and then we come back with live Q&A on uh, HealthyTribe.com. Um, Lauren's usually live on the video, continuing on with some ideas around our theme for today. Then I'm usually in there just in the chat uh, answering questions because it's really difficult to do both. It's difficult to be on the video, talk, then see there's a question, then stop, then answer the question. So, but today it's up to you whether you decide to do live Q&A or not. I'm not going to be able to today. So I've, I've got a bail on you. So it's up to you uh, if we want to skip it this week or if you want to do it on your own. Well, if you, if you can't be there, let's go ahead and punt it to, for next week. And I'm not sure if you want me to prepare one for next week or if you wanted to do the garden tour. But either way, I'm, I'm, I'm good with either. Yeah, let's do the garden tour next week. And, and 
even though it's a garden tour, I'll be the one on video for the garden tour. You'll be the one in chat. They can ask any question they want. I mean, we call it, you know, live Q&A. We may have a theme, and next week the theme will be, you know, a garden update, but uh, you can ask anything you want. It's just one more opportunity uh, for people to jump in and and ask questions. So we're going to skip it today. Uh, We're going to take a break this week. No live Q&A. And then next week will be a garden tour update and a free-for-all on Q&A. Sound good? Perfect. And in the meantime, I'll be reaching out to people so we can have uh, some live cases on the show. Oh, hey, I do. I'm not totally done yet. I wanted to talk to you about this. Did you get a chance to listen to any of my open today? Yes, I did. I don't know exactly what time I jumped on, but yes, I did listen to so, at least halfway uh, as, you know, through okay. the rest of it. So you heard the end. What do you think about uh, all of these mass shooters almost exclusively being on SSRIs? Oh, the mass shootings are just so upsetting. Um, I, what I, what, I mean, the first thing I think of is I wish they had a healthier diet because you know that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. your gut microbiome definitely plays a part in how you are feeling, you know, from a mental capacity. Um, but I, you know, I didn't even realize that. Is that, I must have missed that part because I did hear you talking about the mass shootings, but I didn't hear the SSRI portion of it. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, you know, my Is whole theme. Well, my whole theme was kind of on pharmaceuticals and, um, you know, the I, I've talked about it. I did a quite a bit at the very beginning about how many classes of drugs now seem to be failing and they're adding a second class of drugs. Nobody even questions that like statins. You know, the original commercials on statins were take this statin and it reduces your cholesterol by 200%. Well, the new commercial is if your statin isn't working, take Lecvio and it reduces your cholesterol by 82%. Wait a minute. You told me the statin was supposed to do that. That, that's yeah, so, so what is the statin doing? That? That's <laughs> so common now. Your, your anti-anxiety medication isn't working, so we need to add another one. And oh, by the way, because you took those two together, you now have tardive dyskinesia and your face contorts all day long. We've got to give you a third drug. Um, mm-hmm. What was the other most recent class of drugs I saw that was like that? Oh, um, if you have some sort of a thyroid condition and you're taking thyroid medication, you're probably going to get something called thyroid eye disease. And now you need to take another drug for that as well. Oh, whoa. Thyroid eye disease. That's the first for me. Ted, Ted, thyroid eye disease. Um, There, I guess what happens, their eyes start bulging. Like you can see this. Their eyes physically are bulging out of their head and they're dry and itchy and it's, it's really bad. Um, but of course oh. there's a drug for that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I think about things, you know, when, when you think about drugs that address mental health, a lot of the warnings on those drugs say that, um, suicidal thoughts and stuff like that can actually increase 
Yeah. So, so you know, you have to really weigh in. You have to weigh your, your options here and say, hey, you know, first, very, you know, first and foremost, work on your health. I guarantee you, if you start eating better, getting a little bit of exercise, going outside and connecting with nature and letting the sun hit your body, I mean, you would feel so much better. They're just the tiniest little things that you can do before even considering taking a drug. So I remember a couple years ago reading about some very specific unusual cases where they just couldn't explain why this person, you know, snapped and killed their whole family. You know, their wife, three kids, these people were completely normal. Everybody said you would have never expected this. And when I read that story, the focus, and it wasn't these mass shootings, it it was these other little cases of people kind, kind of snapping out of the blue. And there was a very, very strong correlation to these unusual cases and those people being on SSRIs. There have even been a couple of SSRIs that have been removed from the market because of this. And yet we hardly ever talk about it. And then now with all these mass shootings, somebody went back and looked and said, wait a minute, Uh, a lot of the, and these are typically young males. A lot of these young males happen to be on SSRIs. For some reason, the younger you are, the more likely an SSRI will cause problems. The, the suicide, the feelings of suicide are much, much stronger in young people when they take SSRIs. We don't know why. We can't explain that. But when it's brought up and you go back and we can go back and look and see, these are prescriptions. The information is there. We know that these people were on these drugs. It's pretty common. And it seems to be very common with these mass shooters, And yet, you know, the people responding to this now that it's starting to be talked about, you know, I'm looking at responses from all these doctors. Oh, no, I've been prescribing SSRIs for decades. This doesn't happen. No, it does happen. We have proof. And that one of the doctors says, oh, there are no drugs that cause people to pick up guns and shoot people. And wait a minute. Just read the package insert. It tells you right there, aggressive behaviors are one of the side effects. Yeah. They clearly spell out all of these side effects as very common in SSRIs. Why are we even surprised? Yeah, you're right. But nobody's talking about it. And you're never going to hear them talk about it in the mainstream media because... Big Pharma spends way too much on advertising. Yeah. That's why we should, like most of the rest of the world, we should not allow drug advertising, period. Just shouldn't be allowed anywhere. That, that's what doctors are for. If you want a drug, go to a doctor. Let the doctor figure out what drug you should be on. Don't try to figure it out yourself from a commercial. Yeah, Google and a commercial. Exactly, great. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that, that should just stop. Drug advertising. And look, I'm a free market capitalist. I believe you, know, you should be able to do just about whatever. People are adults. They need to make up their own mind. But Big Pharma has totally taken over the media. They, we can't even trust our medical journals anymore. The medical journals themselves have told us that. You, you can't trust what you read in medical journals because it's all bought and paid for by Big Pharma. Mm-hmm. all right i think we should wrap this up i'm going to start ranting here and it's going to get political so um i'll quit no, instead. No. <laughs> yeah uh, i'll quit let's instead end on a positive note <laughs> yes let's um all right we're wrapping it up for the day thanks for joining us uh what do i have going on for the rest of the week Uh, Just a free-for-all tomorrow. Rolling Toe, I think, is on Friday. We'll be trucking technology and trends. Uh, I haven't heard from John and Joel yet. but uh, So lots of stuff still going on for the rest of the week, and we will see you back here tomorrow. Lauren, any final words? Nothing really to wrap it up. Just thanks for listening and thanks for calling in. And we look forward to speaking to you next week. Excellent. All right. We will see you back here tomorrow. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.